At this very moment, you're entering the vortex of Mystic Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to Mystic Podcast. Just another episode of pure soul talk. This is going to be deep and amazing. Before I introduce the guests that I have with me today, I wanted to just give you a little bit of an update on how things are going and what's up in my world. First of all, so many of you have written to me lately about magically finding the podcast on Pinterest or through somebody's Instagram or through just browsing on Spotify and iTunes and This just makes me so excited that these messages are finding so many of you because I truly believe that just the more of us who awaken and remember our power, the better it will be for the world. I was writing something um, as I journal very often and one of the things that came up today was a dream or... I dare to dream for me, for us, and for the world. Because this is the thing. And if you've been paying attention to my Instagram lately, I'm all about everything that starts with you. The shift, the change, the dream, every single thing starts with you. So if we dare to dream, if we dare to heal, if we dare to be more, so does everybody else around us. And with that, I want to say that there is still three more days to join this round of the Magic Activator. The enrollment closes on Monday when we kick off with a masterclass on Intuition 2.0. I am so excited for this class because I know there is an activation that we're moving through collectively. So I am excited to anchor that energy with you on Monday to teach you techniques and tools on how to recognize your psychic abilities, your ways of receiving messages, how to decode them. If you haven't yet, I had a free masterclass two weeks ago where I covered everything about intuition for those of you who are very new to the game. So now on this class, we're just kind of moving a little bit deeper into more, more, because there is so much more. So if you want to join us on this masterclass as part of Magic Activator, which is our membership, where you get to be part of an amazing community, you get weekly energy reports with homeworks, with journals, with healings. You also get exclusive podcast episodes that are not for everybody. You get every month doing a chance to have 30 minutes one-on-one with me for magic activations. And you also just get to be part of the masterclasses every month. So it's such an amazing membership. I am so excited that we kick off with such a powerful energy. And it's $22 a month. Or you get to save two months if you pay annually, which is and 22. Everything is 22. 22, 22, 22, which is actually my magic number. So if you know anything about numerology, my number in numerology, I think it's like you have like a life path 
number, which you ha- if you haven't figured that out for yourself, look it up. It's super interesting. Life path number. In my life path number, it's um, master number, which is 22. So that's where it all came together to bring this me- this membership to you guys and make it a powerful community of evolution, of activation, and a way for me to live my purpose through serving a bigger purpose. So with that said, Rebecca Rivera is our guest today. And she is so much depth and wisdom and knowledge. I met Rebecca because she was one of my yoga teachers. I also did my yin teacher training with her. And I just looked up to her so much when it came to being a yoga teacher because the way I see her is this tree that it's just has so much wisdom and it's just there, very grounded, very full of knowledge and full of welcoming energy. And you'll get to witness all of this and even more. So I am just super thrilled to introduce this to you because this episode, it's full of awakening, truth that will shake in your core, and also perspectives that will make you think beyond magic. So get comfortable and here we go. Thank you, my darling, for being here with us. I am so excited to just dive right in into an amazing conversation that this always is talking to you. And I'm just so excited for everybody that gets to listen to this conversation and be expanded by your super grounding energy and all that you're here to share with us. So everybody, here's Rebecca. Oh my goodness. I am just so excited to talk to you. So welcome in, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. It feels so super special to be spending this time with you. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. I absolutely agree. We had tried to record um, one time before and my neighbors decided to continue to do their renovation that has been going on for six months and they do it at this most random times. So I've been having to reschedule so many, you know, time with clients and recordings because they just decided to like, I mean, I'm all for renovations. I love renovations. But when it comes to like doing the renovation for a period of like six to eight months in like super random times and I'm living right next to them, it has been definitely something to navigate. But I'm excited that today they they seem okay and they seem like we we now get a time to talk. So Rebecca, can you tell us a little bit of of what you do and, and all your magic? Sure. Um, what do I do? <laughs> Great question. It's, it's, it is such an interesting question, especially since I'm feeling so much right now in my life that my journey really isn't about doing anymore. It's about being as best as I can. And so less about being a human doing and more about being a soul being. And that is really what I, I guess, for lack of better language, do with others, right, is my work is around, or my um, bliss 
excitement, joy, quickening of the heart work with other is around helping other people understand that they too have a right to be, right? And experience all of the things that are happening around them unattached, right? As a soul, having a soul experience versus um, a lift experience, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I can bear witness to that because, I mean, the whole reason why I wanted you to be in the podcast is because, first of all, I just obsessed with your energy. And I remember when I started to really understand the fact that I could sense energies and I came back from my one of my most transformational trips in Bali and I just went straight to one of your classes. I think I was like super uh, jack lagged and I just went straight to your classes. And it was like this sense of coming home to a place that it was just a beingness of, you know, you get to be who you are, you get to just act and you get to not only because I was so tired at that moment. I remember you saying, you know what, like, just do what you do and do what you can and just be in this moment. Because at the time back then, my physical practice was so intense. And, you know, I always wanted to, to do my best and to try my hardest. And I remember just having that acceptance of it's okay. You just get to be, and you just get to do, and you just get to experience this moment. So, you know, I met Rebecca years ago in a yoga class because she's an amazing yoga teacher and more beyond than her teachings and her amazing ways of cueing and of, you know, breaking down the human body and the anatomy. It's more about like her voice and her ways of carrying you from a state of, how would you say? from just 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 to bliss <laughs> to amazing amazingness and bliss so how is that journey for you has been to hold that kind of a space for others yeah it's interesting because i think um i too started my practice very physically right and it was about becoming something right and as my own journey has evolved, which has been so much of community and being with others, I've realized that maybe it's actually not about um, becoming anything. It's about unbecoming all of the things that we are not, so that we can see ourselves for who we really are, which isn't, like I said, a human doing, it's a human being. It's a, it's, um, it's a, it's an acknowledgement of the soul, right? Um, <laughs> and, and that can be accessed through physical work as well. So the journey of my teaching has been, uh, the physical side of my teaching or moving bodies in space has been really about getting people to understand that, that it isn't about becoming the shape, right? You know, it's not, it's not really so much about what something should look like. It's really about a feeling. And I think that's what we're all here to do. We're all here to feel and be, right? Like the, the soul doesn't um, have, a, have a concept of good or bad, right? Or uh, positive or negative experience. The soul is simply here to experience in all of the different shades. 
it's not attached to that feels good or that feels bad. The soul's up for like all of it, the full human experience. And when we're in a movement class, we get that opportunity to feel that full wheel of experience. But so often we're, um, we want it to look a certain way. We want it to become a certain thing. And so there's this like fighting that moment, right? I'm not good enough or it doesn't look like it should or, you know, versus maybe letting yourself be with that. Okay, so that's a little uncomfortable. How do I shift that? Or allow myself to feel that. And then that sort of shifts and moves. And um, I love moving bodies in a room. Like I love that experience of watching people be able to shift and move their energy around. And the freedom that comes when they realize that it doesn't have to be an idealized shape, but an experience of their own body moving and their own energy moving. I also have found as my practice has moved and my teaching has moved um, and evolved as I've unbecome those layers of my previous teacher that we can find all of that through doing nothing, right? We can get super still and also tune into that pre-programmed idea and those experiences and start to realize that we aren't those things. So we can go through that same process of unbecoming all the things that we're not. So it doesn't really matter whether you like to move or you don't like to move. There's an access point for everyone. And often um, both are valid. <laughs> you know, like they're all valid. It's all, and I think that's an important part of my teaching too is I'm, my practice has shifted a lot more towards more meditative practices. And I also like to move my body. And does that make sense? It's a bit of a rant. Absolutely. I absolutely hear you. And I think it's so true when you say about this discovery of understanding that we don't actually have to do anything to experience all that we're here to experience. And I'm sure that, and I can't wait to dive a little bit deeper into how that understanding came for you because, yeah, of course, that is something that at this point in moment, we know, we understand, we see, but that coming into that understanding takes a beautiful journey of the life experience, correct? So I can't really, I really want to hear where you came, like, how does that come to you, that realization, that understanding? And also, I wanted to say, I wanted to reflect back. One of the words that have stuck with me, I think I even remember them specifically, some of the things that you say. So I have a lot of my listeners who are my students from as I used to teach, and I just stopped not too long ago. And they love my yen classes. And I always have to tell them that they all come from you because Rebecca is my yen teacher. And I remember walking into this yen training and her sitting there with her legs crossed, just sitting. And then the first thing I remember that you said was, I don't know everything. And I'm not pretending to know everything, but I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to find out for you. And that was just such a relief because I feel like in the yoga world, sometimes 
I mean, not for me anymore, but a lot of the times was post or giving my power and my knowledge to this other person that I thought knew more, that I thought knew better than I thought was this authority. And that kind of equality of power and knowledge and acknowledgement was just so beautiful from your part. And I've always carried that with like all my teachings afterwards, the understanding that we think that we know better and we think that not only that we think that we know better, but we think that others also are this idealistic thing, right? And we need to understand that we don't know better for others. We only know better for ourselves. So thank you for that. I wanted to acknowledge that on your end and and dive a little bit deeper into like, how did that all come for you? Okay. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't know everything, not even close. <laughs> and um, glad to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I don't even know what I'm going to do when I'm off the phone with you. I'm going to figure that out. Right. Um, I'm glad. <laughs> it's an interesting thing. I think so much of it comes from there's, I really have learned so much from my students. I mean, my, my teaching, my greatest teachers have been my students, have been um, exchanges of energy, a watching, a listening, a learning. And that relationship can't exist in a hierarchy, right? If I walk in and I know everything, then there's a, I've, I've set a stage for you have to listen to me, which then stops my own growth and my own learning. And I think that comes from just I mean, my yoga journey has been my life. You know, my life, I was introduced to yoga at 12. So I've studied and learned in that very patriarchal structure for many, many years. And, and um, I'm grateful for all of those experiences because they've made me the teacher that I am. And what had happened is that I realized that wasn't the way I wanted to show up. It wasn't what worked in my heart. It wasn't my soul calling what was was community and um i think too this idea of learning from other just comes from childhood too my mother and i i was raised a missionary child so we lived in africa and you know i was in situations where often i didn't know the language and i didn't know the custom and i didn't know so i had to be open to learning and um witnessing and I found that that openness just created a a lightness of being that felt so much better than having to know all the answers and the truth is nobody ever knows all the answers <laughs> and I am not the same person today that I was even five months ago so the what I even the way that I showed up in a room and taught 
in January is not the way I'm going to show up in a room and teach today. And so I'm never going to know all the answers. So if I can show up and have that sense of humanness, which I am, (laughs) I'm a human, right? That gives me the freedom to make mistakes too. And we all make mistakes. And then there's a sense of self-acceptance that can come in with that. Like I can, I can accept my humanness. I can accept my mistakes. I can say sorry also, and I can say thank you, which feels really important. I think, as you say, in reflecting back to, I mean, and I hope you guys are listening to this and just understanding like the depth of her words and the depth of her soul and just in general, her energy when she talks and that vibration that she elevates you to because of the love from where your words come through and come from. So, and it's, it's very interesting to me because I, th- I don't think I knew that you were a missionary child and that you, you went through that experience as a, as, a, as a child because it definitely knowing that from a very young age can shift the way in which you receive the world because then you're not in, I don't want to move it into masculine and feminine, but I want to say that you are a little bit more into the femininity of receiving the environment around you so that you can adjust instead of adjusting first, then receiving. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think that we can say that um, <clears throat> many of our patterns that are created, whether they came in and, you know, like, Again, it's not a negative or a positive. Many of those patterns, many of those ways of adapting, what do they say? It's like a sacred wound in some ways, right? You can find strength in those things. You can acknowledge. I'm very into the and right now, (laughs) right? The two things are are, are true. Two things are always true. I can say that my childhood was very challenging. And that I have incredible gifts that I received from that period of time. That both things are true. And I can acknowledge both sides with equal measure. Yeah. Sometimes it's not so equal, right? Like sometimes, and that's okay. That's part of the process of having that human experience. Like sometimes the scale shifts and it's like, I'm really upset right now. (laughs) And it's okay to feel that. It's important. I believe it's super important to be able to feel all the full realm, the full spectrum of sadness, anger, grief. Because then it's unattached. We give it a chance to move through versus being stuck somewhere trapped in our body. And I think our physical bodies are, you know, like crazy, (laughs) super genius, unbelievable. And they have an ability to take information that we might not be ready to process on a mental level, right? Or even an emotional level. And they'll hold it in the body until we're quiet enough to find it. And so um, I'm 39 years old and I'm where I've like had to pull things out of my body a lot in my process. I've done a lot of work of moving things that have been stuck out of my body and some trying my best to allow myself to feel things as best as I can now, meaning that I'll go down into the dark spaces to experience them so that they don't get put somewhere in my body so that they can move through. 
And that is so interesting because I was just talking to one of my clients about what happens when you don't allow yourself to go to that dark moment, Mm -hmm. when you instead are so afraid to go to that dark moment that you try so hard not to, and then we bypass on the other side, because then we think that, you know, we just need to be positive all the time and we just need to feel good all the time. And we just need to kind of put this shield and I want you to reflect back on this in, in the sense that what most people think is that if they go into the dark hole, it's very weird to experience that kind of, of, of death, then they may get stuck there. No, absolutely not. Um, well, again, I don't know everything, right? Um, one thing I think I will circle to, you said that I gravitate towards the feminine and I do, I am, I mean, I, the goddess is definitely living and breathing in my world. And Tantra has been a big part of my journey, which is a feminine practice. Um, and there is a cycle to everything, right? There's a space of birth. There's a space of sustaining of life. And then there is the burning and we see it in nature, super important. And then there's a space of the Fakan void, the, that darkness of um, needing to sit in something, which is crazy important for there to be a new rebirth. And so when you allow yourself to move into your shadow side or that darker space to experience and feel all of that, the burning is it's like burning karma. The re- there's a reason they call it burning. Like it, it really doesn't feel good. It is actually a burning. And when you're burning karma, you're going to, you feel it. It's a physical feeling as well. It's a physical and an emotional and a mental. It's like everybody gets affected by that burning process. And then there's usually a pause of a, like, I have no idea who I am anymore. And that's crazy important. You won't get stuck there if you allow yourself to feel it. That shedding of that skin must happen in order to move through the cycle again. And we're moving many, many lives within a single life, right? We're moving through that cycle constantly, sometimes very quickly and sometimes very slowly, right? Um, But I don't. I think that the place we get stuck is in the bypass. That that's the that's the tricky zone. That's the space where if we aren't allowing ourselves to move through that process, then we um in many ways aren't allowing ourselves to live. So there is um Part of my fourth month, four month course, which is called On Your Authenticity Mastermind, as many of you who are listening know about it, we go through shadow on our third to fourth week. And by now, OIA has gone a few rounds. And every time I just know exactly when they're going down in the in the scale and then when they're coming back up. So it's a beautiful thing to under, like to see in a collective way how the shadow, like the person that they are when they start and when they go down into the shadow, supported, feeling supported, having a community, because I think this is the important part. We think that we need to do it alone. Why? I don't know. 
but we think that we need to be super strong and then we need to do it alone and that we're we're fighting a battle on our own and we're not like it doesn't have to be that way it, it can but it doesn't necessarily have to so once they're going through this in a very supported way i can really see and we go really down into shadow stuff and they all go at it together and it's a really beautiful thing to see collectively how that is so real it feels like the word is not nothing is going to work you you doubt everything you feel like you don't even know what you want anymore it's like literally a rebirth into something that you just don't know what it is and then to see them living through that out into this other form that they get into this neutral zone, as you say, this pause of neutrality of what do I get to do now? How do do things get to be now? And is that rebirth that you're talking about? So I just wanted to, and I mean, you tell me, but to reflect back into the idea that support as we go through the shadow, it's absolutely, I mean, you are allowed to have support, to have love, to not do it alone, because we have to go through it. Yeah, and I think it's it's like it's this beautiful thing, and it's it also goes to authenticity. Um, we, if we are allowing ourselves to be fully seen, and it doesn't have to be by many. I would say for myself. Um, as I've grown older, I've realized I'm much more introverted than I thought I was, right? Which many people are surprised by because I'll walk into a room with 70 some odd people and say the most absurd thing while teaching. But if I had to get on stage and talk about myself, it's like there's, it's a very different experience. I, I, um, have extroverted tendencies, but when it comes to me, myself and, and my space, I'm really comfortable with just a handful of people that I have a very deep, super seen relationship with. I don't need a lot. So I just want to say that for the introverts out there, right? Even if you just choose one person to allow yourself to be fully seen by, that is so important. Meaning that that person understands your lows, that you really are sharing what you're going through. And the reason that's crazy important is when you get lost, just to harken back to that question of, you know, if I go to the dark, am I ever going to get out? If you've been seen, that person will remind you of who you are. And so it's super important. I mean, it's the story of Hanuman too, right? It's like Hanuman forgot who he was and he was reminded of who he was. And so that comes from authentic, genuine relationships. Um, so I think when we are going through work of any capacity, no matter how dark it is, it could just even be a lighter shade of gray to have a authentic, true, honest relationship is really important. It is indeed. And like you said, it doesn't necessarily have to be a bunch of people. It's not about the quantity, it's about the quality. And it is interesting to reflect back to you this, that the fact that also I have no problem walking into a room with, you know, over 70 people and have an amazing class and teach all of this, but also 
my group of friends is really small and who get to witness my lows and who I really am is a really small group of people. And I wanted to share with all of you who are listening as we talk about the shadow, because this is one of the things that I shared inside Own Your Authenticity Mastermind, which I find really profound that we pretty much just talked about it. And one of the really, and of course, we'll love to hear your feedback on this and Rebecca, but one of the things that we do is that we talk to the shadow, we see the shadow, we work with certain aspects of the shadow. And then the first thing that we do once we acknowledge that is that we call our friend. We call a friend, somebody that we trust, somebody that we know that is going to listen. And we tell this person all of the things that the shadow just told us. Not waiting for that person to fix, not waiting for that person to give us any kind of feedback, but for us to be have a space in which we can say these absurd things out loud that the shadow tell us. And for us to get a chance to understand how crazy that sounds, to process at the same time as allowing yourself to be seen in that space of darkness. Yeah, it's like super beautiful. Um, and I think too, another important thing to remember is if you truly trust that person, you can set parameters, right? Like even the other day, I um, was <laughs> I was like having a day, <laughs> which we all do, and I just was feeling so much. It, the full moon was a super moon, and on reflection, I think I just was losing my mind, right? I was definitely feeling all of it, and I barged into my best friend's. I didn't really barge, but it felt that way. I came in, and I just lost it you know like without any real language around it or whatnot and just allowed myself to feel what I was feeling and crying and her response was would you like me to listen or would you like some feedback and that is the beauty again of having that sense of community which is something I have done for her as well that is a that is a container that we've set for each other because there are plenty of times where I'll ask that and she'll say, I just need you to listen. Because the listening sometimes is really about hearing yourself. You know, like I'm a verbal processor myself. So many times it's in the language that I'm understanding the, the, the underlying meaning, which I think is similar to what you're speaking to is the shadow is saying that and you might not actually understand fully until you hear yourself speak it what the actual message is. And so sometimes just having to having someone um, witness you and hear your own voice, because our voices are crazy powerful. And often when we are sitting in a room alone or journaling, we're actually not hearing. There's um, the vibration of your voice and the way that energy moves through your body. It's a very different experience than just writing something on paper. So having someone witness you and hearing your own voice is a, is a really healing practice. And sometimes you might want feedback and sometimes you might not. And so having those, having the ability to set that parameter, just knowing that you have, it's not about, it's not about me. If she's like, I don't want feedback. This is her journey how blessed and lucky am I to hold her hand on that journey, right? And so it's not about her needing to hear my opinion or 
like put my stamp on it because what do I know anyway? I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. I love that. And it's so true. It's, and we also get to hold that healing for them because the healing that we all think, and especially if you're listening to this, I'm sure that you are a healer because we all are. And you would like at the very depth of your heart, you guys to think that, you know, we're healing as much as we're healing others. So one of the things that I got to understand of this word of being a healer is the understanding that healing is not active, is that healing is just the beingness of whether you're holding a space for yourself to process and to embody and to release, or you're holding that space for others. So as we go into this idea of holding a space for others, and I mean, you you went into yoga since you were 12, that's when you got really introduced to it. So your life has had this world threat through your entire almost life. And what I'm curious to hear from you is by holding that potent space for other people, and having the balance of holding for others and holding for yourself because the givers and the healers of the world kind of tend, myself included, I mean, I can only talk about myself, but for my personal experience that we do so much and we, we hold so much space that in that sometimes we lose the sense and the notion of holding that space for ourselves too. How is your experience yeah. on that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. Like, so just like a quick, like side story, because it actually does connect. Um, it was one in a, in an ashram and a very older Indian woman said to me in this like conversation, she's like, you Westerners think you can hold space? Who holds space? <laughs> and it totally blew my mind. Um, and it just shifted my perspective in a way. And it's like, really what it is, is we're witnessing, right? We are being quiet enough and still enough to witness and actually to allow that person to be witnessed. And truthfully, again, we're constantly learning from each other and, and seeing ourselves in our loved one's experience, right? It's like, if I am listening to someone, if I'm witnessing someone and it's eliciting frustration, anger, something within me, that's an opportunity for me to be like, whoa, what's going on? What's that about? It's really an opportunity to witness myself, right? And to, um, like, I think all true relationships are for growth, right? If we are entering into a relationship consciously, we are entering into that relationship to grow and expand and to learn more about who we are and um, 
why we're here, right? We're all here for a very beautiful, specific purpose. So again, to speak then to the, the self is like, I think often when we get exhausted, it's because we aren't taking the time to witness ourselves too, right? How do I show up and witness fully loving, working through all that stuff that I was just talking about? Because it comes up for those of us that are healers, right? Because that's part of the work. We're there. We're witnessing. We're experiencing. We are holding hand. And in that process, we're energetically feeling all of those things and working through our own patterning at the same time. And that's exhausting. It can be very tiring. And so it's crazy important to then witness the self and whatever that looks like for you, right? It's, it's a connecting to your own soul. It's a healing of the own soul. And it comes without um, judgment, right? Like We all have to forget who we are so that we can remember who we are, which again harkens back to that circle, to that um, birth sustaining death, silence, rebirth. It's all the same in the forgetting. You could say the forgetting of self, right? That moment where you're just like, I don't even know where I am right now or who I am, or you're just so tired because you've been witnessing so much and forgetting to witness yourself that you, I don't know if you've gone through that, Daniela, but I have in the last two years definitely had, and it's part of my karma and it's part of my soul journey been in a couple places where it's like, I don't have anything left to give where I've just felt so toasted, just gone. Like there's nothing left to give. And, um, often then the, 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 the mind kicks up and it's like, well, you know, you're not the person you were anymore. Like all of those other things. And the work for me has been in, I don't need to know why. I don't need to judge. I don't need to say I've gone too far. I don't need to say I've given too much to other. What I need to do is slow down, witness myself, and tune into what it is that um, I need to witness myself, fill my own cup back up again and learn more boundaries, I guess. There's another rant, but I'm hoping that helped in some way. Yes. And as you say, it's creating those boundaries that we didn't know we needed until we did. And understanding that putting the witnessing or putting others first as a priority as what we do a priority rather than the witnessing of the self or the prioritizing the vessel that is actually here to do whatever it is or to to move around that the the lack of the witnessing of of that vessel and i think for me has been such a journey to soften and soften and soften a little bit more into taking care of my own body and not perfect by any means or anything at all. But I've gone 
a long way, I have to say, of witnessing the love that I give to others so easily. And then when is time for me to give that to myself, not just as taking care of my survivals, but what else, what extra can I give myself as I were to give to others? So on that, as you say, and especially since you say you're such an introvert, I can totally see because as we're having this interview, I can see absolutely your ways of sharing so much beauty and sharing so collectively into all these concepts. So I would love to hear a little bit more about you and a little bit more about your personal experience on any of these things that you've had to witness, especially now in this 2020 that I think for everybody has been a rebirth and an awakening. So if there is anything that you can share with us on your journey through this year, I will love it. And I'm sure everybody else will too. Um, 2020 came in hot, right? I think for a lot of us. Um, and it's, it's funny. It's, it's, you know, we call in everything. Like we ask for everything. And I truly don't believe that spirit gives us anything that we can't work through. Right? It's like when we are ascending, when we are transforming, when we are shedding old skin, what we ask for it, we ask to go to the dark side. Because I, I think that we know it's necessary. We know it's time for something more. And for me, that started in 2019 and it has continued into 2020. It has been two years of a lot. Um, I guess in a, the shortened, a shortened version in 2019 was going into my second year of the 300 hour training that I was facilitating and I was super jazzed about it after having the first year go. I mean, it was just unreal, right? It was such a beautiful training and I took my whole life's work into building out something very special. And I think I knew <laughs> that really wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And it was fabulous. So the other side was like, how could this not be what you're supposed to be doing? And then when I went into the second year, spirit is just kind of, kind of um, it kicked me around a bit and was like, this is not your calling. This is something you're good at, but you don't get to hide behind the things that you're good at and ignore why you're here. And it was a very hard, those training, that training runs or ran. Um, almost a full year. And I knew within the first um, three weeks that when spirit gave me that message three weeks in. So I had another seven months to go at that point. And every month I'd be like, four more months, <laughs> three more months, two more months. It was really challenging. We hit 2020 and I wrapped that training in, in November. So. I was thrilled to have wrapped it in November and um, my daughter turned three in November and I was so ready for 2020 because I thought 
you know, like I'd finally moved through that great hurdle and I was like, yes. Um, and in February, I actually ended up in the hospital. I um, had an ectopic pregnancy that I didn't know about. And it's interesting to speak to the, the inability sometimes to witness self and also to allow somebody else to tell you what's happening, that idea of a hierarchy again. I went in to see my doctor in January and said, I, I, I think I might be pregnant, something's not right. And, you know, not to get too into detail, I was told that wasn't possible and that, you know, that I just was having something hormonal happen. And then I, um, I, I, um, I pretty much died in, in February. I ended up completely um, in an incredible amount of internal bleeding and rushed to the hospital and um, spent almost a week there. And that was a really, it was like one thing, one thing I've said is for me, it wasn't a loss of a child. It was a screaming angel. It really was spirit being like, get your shit together. Pardon me. Like, it is time for you to, to move forward. And I didn't really know what that looked like, but I was really clear that, to go back to what you were saying, I've spent uh, a lot of time paying attention to others' needs and helping other people along their path and supporting and being witness and holding hands and I hadn't taken the time so much to do that for myself to the capacity that I was being called to and so I'm I you could say in some ways I'm a little bit in that quiet zone right now um and I'm really in a space of deep listening so Often I, I mean, one of my mantras is, all right, mother, <laughs> I'm here, I'm listening. And I'm really at a place right now where I don't, I'm not jumping to do anything, right? And even to the point where I've had a few people reach out and they've been what would look like on the outside, really great opportunities and I will get super still and super quiet and if it doesn't feel in alignment I say no and that's where I'm at right now is really learning how to be like okay it's not it's not about chasing a dollar and it's not about creating a facade or an image anymore you know like it's not about what looks perfect it's truly about learning how to deeply listen because I believe that it's one of the things we forget. I loved your Instagram the other day. I was like, just, I sometimes want to see your face, right? So I jumped on and I was on your story and you're like, I was feeling tired today and I wanted to just stay in bed. So I'm staying in bed all day. And I was like, yeah, that's it. It's like, how do we then, because everything else is going to work itself out right? Everything else is truly going to work itself out. If we're too busy running around, too busy 
caring for other, too busy worrying about things, or too busy even just doing the thing that we're really good at, but we know deep down inside isn't our calling, spirit's going to kick your ass. <laughs> yes. And that's what happened to me. Yeah. Does that, was that good enough for you, Daniela? I love you. Oh my you. God. I love you. Thank you for sharing all of that and for for getting so raw with us and telling us all of that because I believe that the the balance between the understanding of collective understanding and knowledge and wisdom together with the realness of how that gets implemented in an everyday, how does that look like in our lives? It's really what keeps us going. Like that balance of having the understanding of things that we can barely comprehend with our limited third dimensional mind. And then the even more deeply understanding of how that gets to look like in an everyday life and that it is okay to go through those things because we're continuously learning and knowing other stories in which we get reflected back the fact that it gets to be beautiful at the same time and it gets to be deep and real and human so I love that and the fact that you said it is so important to listen because I have two things that I want to say here the first thing is that I've had the same calling when I was teaching a year ago and I remember sitting and teaching, and I'm sure with this, if you're listening to this, you guys, I'm sure you've heard this before when I said it, but it's so important, is that I was sitting there and I was with this 50 students in front of me. And the only thing that I could hear is, you got to drop it, drop it, 50, start with 50, and then you're done. And I was just thinking, but I just, I just got it, got it together. I just started teaching these retreats. People love my classes. People praise me. I know that people really appreciate this space. How am I going to just go? And then I did it. Everything worked out more than I could even expected it. But also I remember my students, and this was the hardest thing for me to leave. It was my students saying, don't leave us like we need you and this space is really important for us and you don't understand how much you've impacted our lives. And this is what I want to say is that, as you say, you could be really good at something and we don't have to wait until we're really bad at it to quit. We get to shift, we get to change for us and for them because maybe they also are ready to experience something else. So as you say, I felt like it was a it was a different a different calling. It just took you a little longer <laughs> to get to that, and I'm glad that you know that it all happened for you the way it did. But that's one of the things that I want to say that we are here to serve our soul. We're not here to serve our ego. We're not here to serve anybody other than our soul. And that's the idea. When I said the other day that you know I was feeling a little bit off and I was just going to stay in bed all day because. I shifted this idea in my head and you tell me, Rebecca, how you think about this, but I shifted in my head that I'm here to serve my soul. So whatever I do, this is the priority is to set myself up so that my soul can thrive and can shine and can do his thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's it. It's like, and I, I really do want, to say in 
like when we are really um, connected to self and soul, we will thrive, right? And it's all the other things. And the truth is, in my experience, and I think in many others' experience, I think in everyone's experience, truly, um, and maybe it's just missed by a label of like, oh, this happened to me, or, or oh, bad things keep happening to me, that maybe it's just spirit calling you to a higher place. You know, really, that's, that is what I believe it is. And the more connected we can be to um, our self, our soul, spirit, however you want to say it, the faster we can catch it, the faster that message comes through, right? The faster it's like, whoa, okay, cool, I'm listening. Thanks for making this seven-month training that I thought was so rad miserable. I hear you. Okay, you know, that was challenging. I'm super glad to be alive. I hear you. <laughs> Get my shit together. <laughs> okay, I'm listening. And it's like the faster we we take the leap of faith into the unknown, because it, talking about the unknown, and this is like one of my favorite things to say, it's like we think that we have known ever, but the known does not exist. Therefore, the unknown is the only thing that really exists. So the faster we just take that leap into the trusting our soul, into trusting that we're being called for something else, then the faster it can come. And what I also wanted to reflect back is, as you were saying, that after you got out of the hospital and after you really got the message, you went into deep listening. And this is the thing for people that they feel like they need to know the other side of the fence and how that's going to work out before they jump on the other side of the fence. And the thing is, we get to jump and then we get to take that pause of receiving of femininity, receptivity. Every time I'm creating a program, every time I'm doing a huge leap, which I am always on one, is that beautiful pause. And it's so beautiful and we skip it so often. So... Yeah, I think that that's the important part is if we don't take a moment, it's super important to celebrate our accomplishments. When we don't, we miss the beauty in it. In the same way, I mean, like, I mean, I'm, I'm so blessed to have a daughter and a child in my life. They're connection to self and presence is otherworldly right I mean like Una will spot <laughs> like a teeny tiny flower <laughs> in the middle of a field and be like mom look and it's just this it's like and it's you'll take a moment and you'll look at it and you just realize how absolutely beautiful the world is it just opens up this memory of like, wow, this is such an incredible place that I get to be in, that I get to experience. And it's the same with an accomplishment, that pause, that moment of like, wow, that was huge. Um, 
is really important. It's a celebration of your journey. It's a moment to acknowledge where you were and where you are now. And um, yeah, like it's wildly important. (laughs) Yeah. And also it's the understanding that we get to close that cycle in full honor, no rush, not needing to having that other thing figured out right away because that takes away from that closing of that cycle so that the new one can actually begin. But I mean, you're so magical. I, I really love your your way of seeing everything, your way to understanding everything and just being so raw with us and sharing this story because I believe that it just gives so much freedom to everybody who's listening to know that life is such a journey and such a beautiful unraveling of little leaps of faith that we get to take and the more we take them the more grace hopefully (laughs) the more grace we accumulate as we continue to to leap um but the last question that i want to ask you is a question that i ask everybody in the podcast for the mystic community to hear it's a practical way that you balance your human and your mysticism your spirit and and, and I'm sure, I mean, your daughter, I'm sure helps you with that a lot, but is there anything uh, that you constantly remind yourself to, to keep that balance of being super magical and, you know, fairy, but also um, human and present? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to try to answer that. <laughs> I think, um, I really try very hard to remember that I am not doing anything, that I am simply being. Whether it's, okay, now I'm washing the dishes and packing my daughter's lunch. Oh, now she's yelling at me. Oh, now, like, to allow myself to be in that. And it really helps, too, with my relationship with her because, um, what you know, she is three, so her uh, her ability to communicate is not like mine. So she might be yelling at me because she doesn't want to put her shoes on, but truthfully, the, the actual conversation might be something very different. You know, it, that's a lack of an ability to share. And it's like, okay, well, are you? You know, maybe she's just tired, or maybe she is just had a full day. Like, it's, but the more I can just allow myself to be instead of do, meaning like. And put her shoes on because we have to get out of the door because we have to do something. But if I can pause for a moment and check in with her and allow her to be seen and allow her to be, and at the same time, allow myself to be seen by her and me to be, then truthfully, her shoes are going to get on and we're going to move out the door. So this importance of a lot, I just like being really open to um, our beingness versus our doing it. And that doesn't mean that I'm not going to go to the grocery store and cook dinner and clean my house. Like all of those things need to get done, but I can be in that at the same time, if that makes sense. I can be in my household chores at the same time. I can allow myself to feel or remember or experience or let you know, um, one of my dearest teachers, Lauren Roche, who wrote the Radiant Sutras, 
And if any of you, if anyone doesn't know who he is, go take the time. And they also send out free meditations. And, you know, like they have webinar meditations, but he is like unreal. And many of their meditations are like his wife has a book of women's meditations that she, I, she does like washing the dishes. You know, it's really about beingness, being on the journey and staying present to that even in the process of doing, right? Like with air quotes, like if that makes sense. I love that. Yeah. And I think one time I was um, in the field or connected to source and I was asking them because I was having this thing about my business needing things done, but also my rebel wanting to be, wanting to play, wanting to not do anything was also there. So I asked them, how do I, how do I bridge that? And how do I bring it together? And one of their beautiful metaphor or idea was think of a baby and a child and they need to eat, they need to put their shoes on, they need to get showered. And all of that, of course, has to happen. But also, if you don't allow the child to play, to be, to be, as you say, allow your kid to have that moment, then the shoes are not going to be on. They're not going to take a shower. They're not going to want to eat. So they're saying it's this allowing of both. And it's pretty much what you just said. So I love that you reflected that. Rebecca, tell us, tell us where we can find you. We want more of you. So where can we find you? Where can, and I just want to say, guys, she has this amazing yoga nidra meditations that she just sent it to me the other day. And I just had a huge out-of-body experience. And it was so amazing to hear her voice and to hear the activations in my body. It was just magical. So, so, so magical. So tell us where we can find you, uh, where we can get more of you. Yes. Okay. Um, well, you can find me on Instagram at Rebecca Grace Rivera. And I have a few things on the horizon. Like I shared, I've been in a space of listening and quiet. And um, it's time to start moving some things out. So they are coming through soon. I do have a uh, two classes that I teach every week that are a mix of yoga nidra and some movement. So you can jump onto those Zooms. I think for those of you that are in Sweden, it's not the most ideal time. But if you reach out to me, soon those will be access like accessible on replay. But I do a flow into nidra on Wednesdays and I do a yin into nidra on Sundays that are totally lovely. And if you just stay connected through Instagram, then you'll know about the upcoming things, which will be more of, I mean, Yoga Nidra is such a beautiful way for anyone to be connected to source and soul and to see yourself as open awareness. And it is a very out-of-body experience because your soul actually holds your body, right? So you are be you are connected to your being versus connected to your body. And it's a really beautiful way to remember your vastness and your greatness. So um, most of the work I do privately with people is, is in that sphere. And I do work one-on-one -on -one with people on Zoom through conversation and just hand-holding and witnessing. 
and then also through Nidra in group capacity too. So however you want to find me, you are welcome to find me. Send me a note. I'd love to work with you. Thank you. Please go ahead and send Rebecca some love uh, for all that she is. And let's do some witnessing for her since she's been doing so much witnessing for the world. So please go and give her a, give her, um, a DM, a love, a kiss, all this virtual um, acknowledging of her soul because we all need it. We all want it. And especially just Rebecca, thank you. Thank you so, so, so much for being here, for having this conversation and for existing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you guys also for existing and for being part of this beautiful community. I love you so much and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your morning, midday, evening. I mean, if you're, if you're listening to this and like, super weird hours in the night also like good night <laughs> whatever you are i love you i send you a giant hug of energy of love of blessings and i'll get to catch up with you next time bye bye